Chapter 42 of Ned Franks, or The Christian's Panoply. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Witness to the Old Testament Benjamin Isaacs sat in his little upper room, repairing the jeweled hilt of an ancient scimitar. He was a small, dark man, with a furrowed brow, and the high-marked features which belonged to the sons of Israel. His lips were thin and compressed together, giving an impression of habitual self-restraint. His dark eyes were seldom raised. It was difficult for a stranger to read their expression, or to guess at the thoughts passing through the mind of the grave, silent man. Isaacs formed a strong contrast in appearance to the visitor who sat before him, with tall, athletic form, and curly light-brown hair, and blue eyes that always looked full into the face of whomsoever the sailor might be addressing. Ned Franks, for it was he, though the teacher in a school, still wore the dress of a sailor. The blue jacket was all that he had to remind him, as he said, of old days passed on the ocean. "'I have to thank you, sir,' said the Jew, "'for kindness shown yesterday to my motherless boy.' This opening of the conversation was embarrassing to Ned, who had a general dislike to being thanked, and who had almost forgotten already the little service rendered to Benoni. He felt more puzzled than ever how to introduce the subject which lay at his heart. I don't wonder that Persis didn't find it easy to discover a landing-place here, thought the sailor, passing his hand through his hair. Tis like a rock-bound coast, without a creek to run a boat into. Isaacs glanced up at his visitor, as if surprised at the silence which Franks found it so hard to break. The sailor, after his usual fashion, took a header into the difficulty at once. "'Perhaps you wonder what has brought me here to you to-day,' he began, though not without effort. "'To say the truth, Mr. Isaacs, I wanted to have a quiet talk with you on the subject of religion.' Isaacs did not reply and Ned went on with a brightened color in his sunburnt cheek. "'If I had good tidings, and did not tell them to a shipmate, I should do him a wrong. If the vessel were on fire, and the boats let down, and I did not rouse a sleeping shipmate, I should do him a worse wrong still. Now God has sent me glad tidings, and I come to share them with you. There is danger in unbelief.' and i want to warn you of that danger let us talk then a while on religion perhaps said isaacs rather stiffly i know more about your religion than you guess i have read a great many books he looked up at the shelf well filled with volumes but frank's rapid glance did not discover Persis's bible amongst them a great many books have been written many wise and learned ones amongst them on the subject said ned but let us now keep to one, the Bible, which is God's own truth, the Bible, which is God's blessed word. How do you prove that? asked the Jew. It was more trying to the sailor to hear him speak so calmly, as if the matter before him were scarcely one that concerned him, than if the Hebrew had burst out into a hot defense of his own rejection of the gospel. Frank's own nature was so warm and impetuous that anything like coldness in what concerned the vital interests of the soul annoyed him more than fiery opposition. Without answering the question directly, 
ned glanced at the scimitar in the jewel's hand and remarked that looks like a fine old sword isaac showed no surprise at the sudden turn in the conversation he raised the polished steel breathed on it and watched the moisture mark disappear ere he replied tis a true damascene blade there are not many like it in europe it has been in sir lacy's family for ages it was brought over from the east how do you prove that asked ned franks for the first time isaac's eyes met the sailors tis a well-known fact said the jeweller that is not proof observed franks isaacs again raised the scimitar and held up its shining blade so that the full light should fall upon it and show the surface curiously marked any one who is a judge of antiquities he said dryly would see by a glance at this that it carries the proof in itself and so it is with the bible cried franks there are many other proofs of its truth such as the witness of men the researches of the learned historical evidence and such like but if all other proofs were wanting it has enough within its own two boards to convince any candid inquirer that it must be the word of god franks drew out his own pocket bible as he spoke i should like to know how you make out that said the jew your nation received and believed the old testament replied franks you have kept and guarded it for thousands of years and as i have heard have been so careful to preserve it pure that you have counted every word in its pages isaacs nodded his head in assent then continued the young sailor i would put the question thus if you had had half of a king's letter a page divided down the middle given into your charge if you had sealed up this half page in many covers and kept it under lock and key so that you were perfectly convinced that no one could tamper with it and then if another half were brought to you as part of the same letter how could you know if that second half had really been written by the king nothing could be easier replied the jeweller i would compare it with the first half which i had kept under lock and key and if you found that every broken line in the first half was finished in the second that each portion exactly matched that the two made one perfect whole then of course replied the jeweller i should know that the second half was genuine thus it is with the bible the letter of our great king said franks the first half the old testament has been for ages and ages in the keeping of the jewish nation the enemies of the christian religion now if when the new testament the second half is placed beside the first half we find that the truths partly shown in the one are completed in the other that neither by itself can be regarded as a whole that the new testament bears witness to the truth of the old the old testament to the truth of the new how can we escape the conviction that both are the word of god franks was looking earnestly into the face of isaacs as he spoke and he felt dissatisfied at the half smile which rose to the thin lips of the jew i should scarcely have thought that you christians set such price on our scriptures said isaacs to judge by what mullins mullins interrupted ned franks he's no more a christian than i am a turk 
and then, as if ashamed of his own vehemence, he added more quietly, I don't believe that Mullins has ever studied the Old Testament fairly, or that he ever opens it with an honest wish to find out what it teaches. The fact is, continued Ned Franks, laying his hand on his Bible, that the gospel rests on Old Testament scriptures, just as a house rests on its foundation. You could not take away the one without overthrowing the other, and that all the powers of earth and hell will never be able to do. In what way does the New Testament then bear witness to our ancient scriptures? asked Isaacs. A child might show you, cried the sailor. Here am I, a Christian, believing the gospel, believing that the apostles were men inspired of God. I find Peter, for one, not only referring again and again to Old Testament writings, but giving their evidence more weight than the testimony of his own senses. After speaking of the glory which his eyes had seen, the voice from heaven which his ears had heard, he thus goes on. Franks turned over quickly to the place in his Bible and read, We have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto you do well that you take heed, for the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Then again, continued Franks, see the writings of St. Paul. The books of the law, the Psalms, and the prophets are quoted by him in more than a hundred places. He is constantly referring to them, and no marvel since he himself has declared, All scripture is given by inspiration of God, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. No honest man can read such passages as these without seeing that the apostles reverenced Old Testament scriptures as the letter of their heavenly king. That seems clear enough, observed Isaacs. And there is the testimony of a yet higher witness, cried Franks. What said he whom we Christians adore as the eternal Son of God? When Christ argued with men, he appealed to Old Testament scriptures. The Lord quoted from the books of Moses, the historical scriptures, the Psalms, Job, Daniel, and other prophets. He brought forward Old Testament types, and clearly applied them to himself. Search the scriptures, said Christ, when the Old Testament alone was written, for in them ye think ye have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. Had ye believed Moses, ye would have believed me, for he wrote of me. But if ye believe not his writings, how shall ye believe my words? In the parable of the Lord's, he describes Abraham in paradise as saying, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. And when Christ himself appeared to disciples after his resurrection, beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Christ again declared on another occasion, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses, and in the prophets, and in the Psalms, concerning me. Said I not truly then, cried Franks, that the gospel rests on the Old Testament as a house rests on its foundation? Can any man believe Christ to be the truth, as well as the life, and not receive his witness to the Old Testament as the word of the eternal God? I do not think, replied the Jew, 
that any man can be a Christian who refuses to do so. It is clear enough that Christ and his apostles believed in the inspiration of our scriptures. End of chapter 42